All right, how are we doing, Faith Promise? Welcome this weekend. What an incredible weekend to be in the house of God. Welcome to all of our campuses. We love you guys, every campus, God behind bars, at every single campus this weekend. Whatever campus you're visiting at, we just, man, we love you. We're thrilled you're with us. Promisers know that my daily delight and duty is to intercede and pray for you. No matter what campus you're at, I lift you up believing that God has an incredible plan and ministry he wants to do through you and to you. And so I pray for you every day. It is, again, one of my greatest privileges. Now, if you were here last weekend, did Pastor Kyle not do an incredible job with that message? Listen, if you missed it, go back and get it. And we're in the middle of a series on Set the Table. And really, it's about leaving a spirit-filled legacy for your family. It was incredibly practical. Some of the great things that God has used throughout Kyle's life, even in his father taught him, and then he and with his daughters, he and Mel. So it's an incredible message. And then uh, Michelle and I, we rented a house and, and we took all the kids and we were on vacation this week. And one morning I got up early and I had not seen all the Mother's Day message. And so I watched that whole thing and just sat on the porch and just wept at how blessed we are, how blessed I am. So if you miss Mother's Day, I want to challenge you, go back and get it, especially moms. It is going to bless you. We want to add value to you and your family. No matter how many people live at your house, whether you're single or single again, whether you're an empty nester or whether you got four or five rugrats running around driving you crazy, whatever, whatever form your family takes and wherever you are in that, we want to add extreme value for you and to you. So the summer's here, and one of the things that the summer means is travel. So I want to challenge you, if you're going to be gone, man, get on the iCampus. That's what we do. I got on the iCampus. That's how I watched Pastor Kyle's message. I was in Canada during Mother's Day, and there was no reception at this really place. I was at very far in the woods, no hunting, but I was in the woods, and, and, uh, and so that's why I had to watch that later. But we want to add value. So again, it is, it is summertime. And one of the things that summertime means is road trips or airports. If we're going to go on vacation, we're either going to take a road trip or we're going to be at the airport. And one of the things that getting on a road trip and travel means is fast food. Is that right? Most of us are not going to pack our food. We're going to swing through somewhere and get it. And here's the deal. Listen, man, everybody knows that junk food tastes good and it's bad for you. Is that right? We know that, don't we? And yet we all eat it, don't we? Well, why do we do it? It doesn't matter the line's long and, and, and don't look at any labels this weekend. This is the only Christian uh, fast food place. But uh, I mean, you've not, if you've not eaten Chick-fil-A, you're probably not saved. I mean, really, come on. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just a marks like baptism and, you know, you know chicken nuggets is part of it. Sanctification. And so, doesn't matter how long the line is, it's crazy. People go there. We know, but what happens? We're hungry and we're, we're in a hurry, so we just go ahead and swing through and we get food products. This is what we do. Now, if your family only eats fast food, really chill out. It's going to be okay. It's not what this is about. It's not about fast food. It's not about being healthy. That's not what this series is about. That's later. It's not what this series is about. So if you're new to Faith Promise or if you're new to faith or maybe you're just sort of hanging out, kicking the tires for a spiritual experience, Understand that we're not about using guilt and shame to make people feel bad about what they 
do. That's not the way God operates. And so those are not the tools that we use. We believe that God really cares about real people with real problems, and he wants them to experience his real radical love. Do y'all believe that? And so that's what we believe. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 2, verse 4, the most theological book in the Bible, I believe Paul was going to move his base of operations, his mission uh, endeavors to Rome, and so he sends this incredible theological treatise. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness, his tolerance, and his patience? Knowing, not knowing that the kindness of God leads us to repentance. You don't beat people up and make them turn to God. People turn to God when they realize how good God is. Patience and loving and grace and mercy. And it's his kindness that turns us around. I hate, man, I'll do an Instagram and then I'll get on where all these preachers are hamming and everybody and everything. And I just click it off, man. I really look at a Corvette. So it's just crazy what we'll get on there and do and say. See, God's desire, and God's desire and design for you and for us is one of freedom. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. It is for freedom for your family. God wants your house to be a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. Our theme this year, follow the feeling where the Spirit leads. Where the Spirit leads. And that just doesn't mean in a one-hour worship service of one of our campuses. That means in your living room, in your bedroom. That means when you're, what, you know, when you're hanging out, whatever you're doing. So let me ask you questions, the question for the weekend. What's on the spiritual menu at your table and at your house? Now, we're going to use fast food, okay? But, but we're, we're using it as in a metaphor. Because you're either setting at your table a happy meal or a holy meal. Now, again, this is not about what you're using a spoon and fork to eat. This is about the things that you are putting in, taking in. This is about how you're living your life. And so, you know, and think about it, Happy Meal. I don't know who came up with a Happy Meal, but it was ingenious. And they, you know, they paid three cents for a plastic toy, and every kid screams when they see the, when they see the moniker and they want a Happy Meal. They don't want the food byproducts that may or may not be in the box. They want the toy. Am I right, parents? It's ingenious. And so it's like the world. Listen, the world is about tempting you away from the holy meal, the incredible things of God, and drawing you to junk food. Does this make sense? Hebrews, the author of Hebrews said, learn through discipline to train your senses to know whether you're eating junk food or whether you're eating holy food. Does this, does this make sense? So God, would you open our eyes and our minds? Would you give us an incredible revelation this weekend? God, we want to be holy, set apart. We want to be anointed. We want to walk under an open heaven. So God, would you speak to us to, so that our senses can be trained and we really, truly will leave a spiritual legacy of spirit-filled families in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. all right. Now I want you to, I want to give you a, just an Old Testament truth just to sort of chew on because we're going to chew on some stuff this weekend because again, we're talking, we're using the metaphor of fast food. King David, King David, the guy that killed Goliath, who penned about 
75% of the book of Psalms says in Psalms chapter 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Taste. Taste. Matter of fact, it's incredible if you just look all through the Bible about what happens around the table. That's why we, that's why we entitled this family series, Set the table because of what happens around the table. How many times Jesus sat around the table? So King David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Blessed is the man who makes God his refuge or who seeks or runs after or chases hard after God. And so, man, I'm working on these notes and I'm up early in the morning and I'm just thinking, God, Everybody knows what I'm, what I'm speaking of this morning. Everybody knows it's true. So God, I'm just going to have to bottom line ask you a question. Why don't they do it? Are you with me? But, and, and, and some of the things that we were talking about later that day, because I asked the kids the questions. And, and Micah said that value doesn't equal desire. Just because something has value doesn't mean we want it. We all ought to be on the Bible reading plan, shouldn't we? We all ought to be tithing, shouldn't we? We all ought to be serving, shouldn't we? We all ought to be faithful, shouldn't we? See, we see a value in that, but we don't have a desire to do that. So value doesn't, knowledge doesn't give us desire. We, Jesus said it's not he that knows the word that's blessed, but he does the word. We know things we ought to do. We know how we all, we know the disciplines, but we don't do them. So my question to God is, God, I don't understand What's going to motivate promisers to get out of the happy meal and get into the holy meal? What's going to motivate promisers to get out of the television and cut the sports off and cut the, put the stuff down and get in the word of God? What's going to cause us to pray with our family? What's going to cause us to get rid of the happy meal and jump into a holy meal? And come on, what? it's about our heart. Proverbs says, guard your heart from, for, for, guard your heart, for from it flows all the issues of life. Jesus came back and back and back to talk about our heart. Now, this week is going to be a blessing to some people. No matter where your family is, your family could be in a rut, it could be in a plateau, your family could be World War III that you hate even going home to. Because I'm telling you, you could choose a new way. You can choose something new. You can choose hope. You can choose better. You can choose a truth that will transform you and your family into something the world could only dream about. Are you with me? Because God wants to turn your home into a sanctuary. He wants to turn your home into a place of peace. He wants to turn your marriage into something incredible. He wants your sex life to be wonderful. Every man in the room just said, whoa. Come on, brother, preach it. Come on, bring it. You hadn't said amen in 45 months, and here you are, amen, and I got you. You know, in a recent study, eight out of 10 parents said they believe it's more difficult and complicated to raise kids than when they were children. Between technology, between all the problems in our culture, between division and disconnectedness, between depression and fear, between the, the crushing pressure of this culture to turn us away from God. Let me give you some great, really some great news. In the last 20 years, do you know that sexual activity in teenagers has dropped for the last 20 years? Even though 52% of parents would completely disagree with that. Violence of all levels has declined in students in the last 20 to 30 years. 
Here's the truth. The biggest threat to your family is a spiritual threat. It's not who's going to get elected in 2020, although Fox and CNN would beg to differ. But see, Fox and CNN are trying to get advertisers to make money. Are you with me? Come on, wake up. Wake up. See what matters. See, what, see why people do what they do. Come on, does this make sense? And so I'm, I'm telling you, God's got something incredible. So moms and dads, are you preparing your kids for the greatest threat in their life, which is a spiritual one? It's not likely that they're going to be attacked by terrorists. It's not likely that another country is going to take America over. It's not likely that they're going to get kidnapped. See, the greatest threat against our family is a spiritual one. And so you've got to prepare your family for that. So that makes it all right. It's the Spirit of God breathing. It's all right. I don't know what's happening at your campus, but right now something's weird happening over here at Pell, baby. I can tell you that right now. So what's on the spiritual menu at your table and in your home? What does your calendar show? What does your budget show? What does your schedule show? Does your schedule show that sports are the most important thing in your family? Does it show that grades are the most important things in your family? There's nothing wrong with sports or grades, but are, do they compare to God? And yet they get way more of our money and our time and our affection and our attention than God does. See, so come on, we're diving up in a happy meal when there's a holy meal. See, let me tell you what's going on at your house. There's a spiritual food fight happening at every table, at every campus, and in every family listening to this message. There's a spiritual food fight. And so at your house, are you just trying to make sure everybody's happy? Or are you actually trying to make sure that people are holy? What are you setting at the table? What is your priorities? What's it going to be? The scripture says, be holy for I am holy, God says. Jesus said, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so we have to understand how important holiness is to God. So let's chew a little bit on a, on a letter that the apostle Paul writes in Galatians. I love these four books, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, General Electric Power Company. It's just an easy way to remember it. I'm trying to help you here. I'm just your pastor. I know it looked like a fast, could I supersize that for you, sir? So Paul writes in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 5. And chapter 5 of Galatians is one thing. Happy meal or holy meal, period. So he says in verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. The Spirit is a holy meal, the flesh is a happy meal. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. We have to, again, as it says in the book of Hebrews, train our senses to know the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Are you with me? Junk food and Jesus food. It is so important. We got to know what we're eating and what are serving our families. So, over the last couple weekends, man, we've encouraged everyone to set the table in your family for a spirit-filled legacy. The only way to do that is to dine on a Happy Meal. That's it. 
And see, the food fight is not only going on in every family, it's going on in every heart. Because Paul says that these desires are in opposition against each other in our bodies. You read Romans 7, Paul said, man, wretched man that I am. I don't do the things that I want to do. I do the things that I don't want to do. I am the chief of all sinners. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I keep going to the happy meal when I so desire the holy meal. If Paul can fight it, we fight it too. We just have to see the battle. Are you with me? If you don't see the battle, you'll live in the happy meal. You'll never be holy, never please God. You want to please God? Four of you. Anybody else want to please God? Come on, God, behind bars. You want to please God? It's incredible. So we got to see junk food and understand. So what Paul does, and if you look in the, if you look in the, the ingredients in this happy meal that Paul talks about in verses 19 through 21, because he lists them like ingredients on a food. Now I say the deeds of the flesh are evident. They're immorality, impurity, sensuality. Boy, doesn't that sound like primetime television in America? It's everywhere. Idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. America lives in the happy meal. Are you with me? Envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So listen, if your desire is that only for a happy meal, if your desire, how you live your life, or Paul says, if you practice these things, you're probably not born again. See, we have, we have come to the point in this grace culture in the church where do whatever you want, God just doesn't care. Pray this little prayer and you can rob, rape, and pillage. Is that right? And so we have to understand, listen, as followers of Jesus, we have to train our senses. We have to see these things. We, we, those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I want to inherit the kingdom of God. I want to inherit what my Father in heaven has for me. I want to inherit rewards in heaven. I want to walk on the streets of gold. I want to live with Jesus forever. I want to party with the angels and worship the King of kings. Listen, I want to live forever and rule and reign. Y'all want some of that? Then we got to dine on a happy meal and spit out the junk food of the, or a holy meal and spit out the junk food of the happy meal. Does that make sense? Y'all get that? I can start over. Are we okay? Come on, campuses. No, 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 we know that junk food's bad for us. We know that. And if you try to eat healthy for a while and then you go back and you eat an unhealthy meal, you know what it makes you feel? I sort of like that feeling. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you know. I mean, people say grease. Grease is a food group for me. And so here's the deal. A lot of our families are dining on a happy meal because all we give them is junk food. That's what we set at our tables. Junk food. Things of the flesh, not things of the spirit. Come on, if you're listening, say, I am. Come on, mom and dad, we need to digest. We need to, we need to think about that our kids can grow up and have loveless marriages and end up 
with angry dad and depressed moms, drowning in credit card debt or school debt, trying to keep up with somebody else in this culture thinking if I buy a little more, I'll have more, leaving the fast food taste of faith, that fast food faith that doesn't satisfy. If you're a Christ follower, if right now, listen, what you're feeling is not indigestion. What you're feeling is conviction. And we don't use guilt and shame. That's just not good. But the Holy Spirit brings conviction upon those people that are his. Are you with me? And so God is convicting many of us right now about our life and junk food. Again, not food. I'm talking about other things, the deeds of the flesh. We are feeling, and so you're, you're well, how come I feel like that? It's the Spirit of God in you trying to help you, walk you, move you to a greater life, to a healthier diet. Are you with me? He's trying to move you to holiness. He's trying to move you to victory. He's trying to move you to power. He's trying to move you and your family to somewhere else, something fuller, something healthier, something that'll make you feel good when you wake up in the morning. Are you, come on, something that will satisfy you and your family. What's it gonna be? Happy meal or holy meal? As for me and my house, give us the holy meal. So what's on the spiritual menu at your table? Too many of us believe the lies. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. My family's too jacked up, not for God. My family's too busy, not for God. Man, it's too complicated, not for God. We've got too many problems, not for God. We've got all this going on. It is not too big for the God that created this universe. He wants to love you and move in your life. You gotta, but here's the deal. You've gotta make the choice. Quit eating empty calories and eat that which Christ has provided for us. Man, come on, some of us drop by church every couple weekends a month, little, little, little fast food church, maybe on Wednesday night, a little drive-through prayer, and I hope that'll be enough. Burger King, I want it quick, I want it cheap, and I want it my way. That is so contrary to Christ. Does this make sense? Come on. And so no wonder that Christians feel sick because this fast food faith doesn't satisfy. Now, we've had some incredible meals at my house, Michelle and I and our kids, our family. And when I think back to the most incredible meals, not one of them were bought at a place that had a playground <laughs> or plastic furniture. They were either at home with a home-cooked meal that was cooked with care or they were at an incredible restaurant where somebody who knew how to prepare the food, are you with me? And it wasn't something you sat down and slammed, it was an appetizer. Come on, little, come on, little jumbo shrimp action to start with. Come on, and we bring up, and then, and man, then we have, we have a salad, then we have a main course, then we have obviously a dessert, big, large, chocolate. We don't do this in 15 minutes, we do this in a couple of hours. The most incredible conversation, the most incredible things happen around that table when we decide we want to sit down and we want to, we want to let somebody cook that can cook. Well, can I tell you, nobody knows how to cook the family like God does. Amen. You let the Holy Spirit do some cooking at your house. You let the Holy Spirit set up the, 
menu at your house. You let the Holy Spirit, listen, it's crazy, the family of God. The family of God is whacked and jacked. We all agree with that, right? Man, we got some messed up people. But listen, we got black and white and brown and yellow. We got rich and poor to educated and uneducated. We all come together. We serve. We give. We love. Man, that is only possible through the transforming grace of God that we come from every tribe and every nation and every tongue, and we worship God. Woo! My mercy. Boy, let's just taste what will happen if you let the Holy Spirit do a little cooking at your house. Galatians 5.22 and 5.23, as we follow, he gives the deeds of the flesh. Not all of them. He just gives, he didn't say this is all. And then he gives us some fruit of the Spirit, some deeds of the Spirit. He said, hey, but listen, listen. Fruit of the Spirit is this love. Would your house, would your house be a little better if there's a little more love? We have a brother that'll die shortly after this service. I need some ushers to protect this man. Absolutely. Some more love, some more agape. Some more leave up, me loving you no matter how you love me. I, one of the ways I really learned agape love was when I first got married and I was a rageaholic, scream rager, mean, ugly, horrible. And Michelle wouldn't fight back with me. Eventually, when you, you're the only voice screaming throughout the house, you realize how stupid you sound. Because of Michelle's unconditional love for me, man, I learned, I learned. Back it down, Stephen. Shut up. Shut up, man. You don't have to win an argument. This is the second greatest gift God's ever given you. Love her more. Matter of fact, love her like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Listen, if you'll take a bullet for her, dude, shut up. Amen? In Jesus' name, I don't mean that ugly. I mean, I mean that with love. Love in your house. What about some joy? How about joy when things are not going good? How about joy when everybody around, man, you're just walking? A little more joy to us. How about some peace? How about when the doctor says cancer and the peace of God that passes all understanding settles on you? How about when the news is bad and God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies? Your house like a little peace? What about a little patience? Woo! Man, I just spent seven days in a house with four grandkids. <laughs> it was incredible. Mimi did all the work. I just sit back and threw things at them. But the last night, Pastor Zach, there, Blount County Pastor Zach, was on his last nerve. And I said, he's going to kill a child. It doesn't matter whose. He's about to kill a child. And so, man, we need with patience. How about some kindness? A little goodness? How about some faithfulness? How about a little gentleness? How about a little self-control? Against such things there is no law. Listen, that's the, that's the things that God wants to be in a holy meal. Are you with me? What's on the spiritual menu at the table in your house? So see, this year's follow the filling, which is a command every year, but where the Spirit leads... That means you're going to be working on this fruit. That means you're going to be crucifying the deeds of the flesh, and you're going to be walking in the deeds of the Spirit. Does this make sense? Training your senses. You're learning what a holy meal is. You're spitting out what a happy meal is, and you're walking in victory. Does this, is, are, does this make sense? Yeah. See, God gave us the best stuff. 
He gave us the best stuff. And I don't care if you live in a, in a 100-foot square wide home or you're living in a 10,000-square-foot home. If it's full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, it's incredible. It's not about how big it is. It's incredible. We've got to leave a spirit-filled legacy. And come on, it's not, what's, it's not what's quick. It's not what's cheap. It's not what's easy. Does this make sense? It's a choice. The choice is yours. What are you going to do? Let me give you three things. We mentioned them. I wish I had time to pre- just, just hammer them, but I'm going to mention them briefly. Number one, add a pinch of prayer to your daily family times. First Thessalonians 5, 17. How come you keep saying these things? Because you're not doing them. How do you know? God told me. I could give names, but I won't because I'm a love preacher. First says, Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. In the morning, pray together with your family. Before you go your different ways, pray together. Text prayers. I love Zach. Almost every morning he'll say, Dad, this is what I'm praying for you. No, he'll say, man of God, this is what I'm praying for you today. This is what I'm praying over you. Man, we just, Michelle and I have just started it. We should have been doing it forever. My failure, bad me, but we've just started, as soon as we laid on a bed, I reach over and grab her hand and we just pray. I pray over or pray for her. You know what I'm talking about? See, we, one of our values is we grow together. That doesn't mean just in our buildings. It means it's your home. How about taking a doggy bag home of this doggy bag of blessings? Number two, drizzle a little devotion into your family times. Deuteronomy 6, when you get up, when you go to bed, when you sit down to eat, and when you travel. Make it a game. Who can memorize the most, most verses? Just make it a game. Make it fun. Make the Bible boring. When Faith was four years old, my daughter, four years old, Michelle had a beck of flashcards. Every letter of the alphabet, she learned a verse. A, all of sin is called a fallen short of the God, glory of God. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you should be saved. C, children depart, I mean, uh, children obey the Prince of the Lord if this is right. D, depart from evil and do good. She was four years old, memorized 24 verses. It's no big deal for a four-year-old. A four-year-old can learn a language just like that. Put a three-year-old in the street of Mexico for about four or five days, they'll be speaking, they'll be speaking Spanish just like that. Man, make it a game. Text each other. What, what book of the Bible are you reading? Are you on the Bible reading plan? Is everybody in your house reading the Word of God? Over a special meal. Use technology, man. Use it. Encourage each other through the day. I got this verse. I got this quote. Number three, stir the Holy Spirit into your family times. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine where it's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Every day, man, ask for a fresh infilling. I'm going to follow the filling where the Spirit leads. Before we have a different conversation, Lord, would you fill us with your spirit? Before we have us, you know, in different seasons, in decisions, when things are great, when things are sad, Lord, would you fill us? Just start simply where the spirit leads. I'll follow. Simply, it's just, hey, where the spirit leads. I'll follow. Does this make sense? Put God first in everything you do. Let's sit at a table so that when our kids leave, they'll know the value at your house. And that is we put God first. Now, how do you put God first? By stepping into salvation. Not just, it's not just praying a prayer. It's not a magic thing we quote. It's not what it's about. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give you abundantly. So how do we meet Jesus? By turning away from our sin and turning to Jesus. It's called repentance. And then we confess that Jesus is Lord. We give him full authority and we say, I'm going to, follow you. I'm not going to follow the culture, 
No longer am I going to do what I think is right. I'm going to do what the word is right. Amen? I'm going to surrender. So with every head bowed, every closed campus pastors, if you'll go ahead and come up and lead in this simple prayer. So come on right now. If you're ready, all our other campuses, pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I repent. I turn away from it. I turn to Jesus. I confess you as Lord. I will obey you. I will follow you. And I will live for you the rest of my life. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that simple prayer, just, man, nobody look around, just slip your hand up. Hey, pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. Just slip it up. Hey, I prayed that prayer. Okay? Prayed that prayer. Gotcha. All right? Okay, look up here. Now for all those that prayed with me at all of our campuses online, you can go right there and click and fill that out, the card out. God bound bars. There are guys there for, there are volunteers there for you. Fill the card out, top part. Check the circle. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. Second circle, I like to be baptized. 